Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the, what is today? Thursday. Here, I'll turn you on. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Thursday edition of Hammer Down Racing Report. Thursday, October 19th. On the show tonight, uh, we're going to have Brian Ruhlman joining us. We're going to talk about the increasing costs of uh, late model racing. Also, talk about some on-track retaliation. Something happened at Anderson, uh, Anderson Speedway in Anderson, Indiana. Some fun stuff, so we'll talk about that. It's been all over the internet, but there's some backstories there and and a lot we can talk about. So, yeah, good show planned for you tonight. I'm Scott Hammer, Ron Miller right there. We've got to thank our sponsor, Ron Miller Race Cars. That's it. Give them a call, 734-856-7223. Just not right now. Wait till later because he's right here. He's not going to answer the phone. That's, that's right. That's the shop number. And uh, if, it's an, if it's a real emergency, uh, the answering machine will uh, give you my cell phone number. And I answer eh, darn near 24 hours a day. He does. This is true. I'm, all your all your race car needs, uh, he can build you a car, he, body work, parts. If you're building your own car, you can get parts from it. I've got customers in Australia, and it's 7 o'clock in the morning there. So, you know, if they feel a need to call me somewhere around noontime, their time, it's going to be late. I'll, yeah, I'll answer. So when do you, uh, when do you sleep? Just little bits here and there. All right. And and then I dream about race cars. <laughs> uh, if you want to join the conversation tonight, uh, feel free to call in. What's the number? 419-214-0949. I'm glad you have that because I didn't have that written down. <laughs> 214-0949. Two, two no. oh, oh, yeah. 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 214-0949. With a, with a 419 in front of it. That's right. It's a Toledo number. All right. Uh, again, uh, about 10 minutes or so, we'll uh, give Brian Ruhlman a call. He's up in his shop, actually working as well roman race cars so cool let's uh, talk about action uh, from this past weekend mansfield motor speedway uh, they had that uh, double down deal and uh, both races uh, were won by ryan smith uh, those were all-star circuit of champion uh, races and then uh, saturday night uh, eldora hosted the all-stars and uh, joey saldana uh, he dominated that uh, race and chad kimenow earned his sixth uh, all-star circuit of champions uh, championship I remember watching those guys back uh, when I was working down at uh, at uh, Finley. It was Flag City Motorsports Park back then, late nineties. Scott, amazingly, I was I was at a an estate sale last weekend. Yeah, that's oh, what happens no. when I forget to turn that down. All right. I hope that's an important one. I don't know. Perry sent me a picture. Somebody, ho- hopefully somebody telling you you won the lottery. I think it's a dirty picture from Perry. No, no. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. I, I, I was in an estate sale last weekend, and I ran into Mary Beth Rowe, uh, oh. one of the co-owners of Millstream Speedway. And? Uh, and they've been working hard on the racetrack, and they intend to open spring of 2018. No more information than that. No idea on classes, but 
there is still a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Perry's got us on his 70-inch uh, big screen. That's a picture. Really? Everybody can see. So now Perry can see a picture of his 70-inch big screen on his 70-inch big screen. Thank you, Mr. Cox. How's that work? He's a smart guy. He can figure things out. Uh, big announcement from uh, Mansfield Motor Speedway uh, as well. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about this. The Dirt Million. They just announced this yesterday. Uh, big race. Uh, how do you think Tony's going to feel about this? Boy, uh, Scott, there's so many caveats with, with the announcement. Um, Should we tell people what it is just in case they, it, they it's don't a, know? It's, it's a dirt late model race at Mansfield Speedway. Uh, obviously, it's dirt. August 24th and 25th. 2018. Uh, the promoter is guaranteeing 100000 to win. Uh, 2000 th- to start. 2000 to start. And the purse can go up from there based on early sales of apparel, T-shirts, uh, koozies, and, and whatever, uh, showing fan support for the race. And it can go up to a half a million to win. 10000 to start. Ten grand to start. That's not bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I wondered about the, the actual quote from uh, from the announcement there was uh, unique format and promotion that allows dirt racing families, friends, sponsors, fans and teams everywhere in the world uh, to play a role in building the features payoff. So those that's what it is. Merchandise sales is. is yeah, that that's working. OK, so uh, it's going to be part of it's actually going to be a Lucas Oil late model dirt series event as well. Sanctioned by them. So their top 15 guys are guaranteed starters. I don't know that. I would say it's probably likely, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it ought to be. We'll see how big that's going to be. Scott, I don't know. That's all I'm saying, buddy. Well, you got the dream. The As far as big dirt late model races, you got the dream in uh, June. You got, uh, I don't know, what's going on in July. Does a birthday race, does that count as a big, I mean, that's only 10,000 to win, but I mean, only 10,000 to win. Uh, And then nothing really in August. So this kind of fills the August thing. And then you have the, uh, the world in, in September. So we're talking expenses for uh, dirt late model drivers here a little bit later, but uh, there's some money out there to be won. I guess you got to have the money though, to win the money. And you do. So, and and we're going to talk with Brian Ruhlman shortly about that to see if the money that you have to throw at the program is really justifying it at the end of the day. All right. Uh, one other note here out of Florence, Kentucky, dirt uh, late model driver uh, Jeff Alsip had his trailer and uh, his uh, late model that was inside stolen. He uh, started off a reward for that. It started at $1,000, and then friends and sponsors and r- other race fans, I guess, have donated to that, and that's up to $12,000. As of about an hour ago, I just just checked. Anything identifying? But he hasn't gotten. He's still looking for the car. So any and the trailer. Anything at all identifying that uh, could help somebody look for it? Uh, he's got. There's. There's. Uh, there actually was a news story. I think I saw on the internet somewhere. Like, I think I saw that his car number was on seventy eight. I think is uh, the car number. But just a, a heat gun or a hair dryer would take care of that. Oh, don't give him any ideas. Well, yeah, okay. Could, so I'm going to drive around with a stolen trailer with somebody else's car number on it. Yeah, that's the first thing to go. All right. Well, before we call Brian here, uh, real quick, uh, last weekend as well, NASCAR at Talladega. Uh, 40 cars started. How many finished? 
Uh, Fourteen. Yeah, but some of those were nowhere near competitive. There were yeah. eight cars in the lead pack. What, what do you think about that? What's you, your opinion on, on that you know, kind of it, racing? That could have been the world's highest-paying demolition derby. It did look like there were there's fans in in, in Alabama. At they least. had the that place, must be where all the fans are. They had the they place, should have all the races. It was and, packed. Scott. Yeah, the grandstands were great. Uh, kind of bucked NASCAR tradition or recent history. At recent least. history, yeah. Um, they they've had some real real downers as far as uh, attendance is concerned. Well, but uh, no, the the fan count was great. Um, the racing was really pretty good. Three wide, four wide. Uh, it, it just as as the race wound down, they they were really losing a lot of cars. Yeah, Brad, Brad Keselowski came out on top of that, survived to uh, pick up that win. Ryan Newman came in second, and I didn't hear his name mentioned all day long until they were doing the race rundown. They talked about Junior a whole lot. Well, that's his last Talladega race. So. Well, and I believe it was just probably his. It looked like nobody wanted to work with him, though, which I thought was weird because yeah. he's like the the plate racing guru. I think it was his last legitimate chance at winning a race uh, in the Cup Series before he retires. Now, he hasn't ruled out running some uh, Xfinity Series races next year uh, or maybe even some truck races, but... He's retiring from the Cup Series. What was that? Nothing. Oh, nothing okay. at all. Uh, Dale Jr., he uh, just announced that him and uh, his wife Amy are expecting their first child, baby girl. Think that has something to do with uh, him retiring? I don't know. What happened first? Well, I can tell you what happened <laughs> first, but this is... This is... Wrong program. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um this weekend, uh, the Cup Series is going to be at Kansas, and I believe that's the final race of the second stage yeah, or whatever they're calling it of their drop, playoffs. They'll drop, they'll drop four more cars off. Yeah. That race is on NBCSN, 3 o'clock, and you can uh, check it out on our iHeartRadio station, 103.7 CKY, on the radio as well. There you go. Now, how about we give uh, Mr. Ruhlman a call here? All right. How, while I'm doing that. Well, while you're doing that, I was asked, go, just go ahead, start dialing. I was asked by a couple of really good fans and, and regular listeners if we'd give them a shout-out. So uh, this is a shout-out to the Stetton boys and uh, their good friend Dave Gumby Jr. And uh, you guys asked for it, you got it. Hopefully he didn't fall asleep. Or he's not welding or... Ruhlman Race Cars. Mr. Brian Ruhlman, it's Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, Hammer Down Racing Report. Guys? How's it going? Good. Sounds like you're busy. Oh, always. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, taking a couple minutes uh, to talk with us tonight. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the expenses of, holy cow. What's that? What's going on there? Oh, I've done the sheet metal break. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm heading up to my office right now. All right. Expenses of late model racing uh, for a lot of us aren't late model racers. So uh, give us an idea of expenses involved if, uh, if say, for starting off in, in, in a late model, if uh, somebody wanted to get involved. I mean, what kind of what kind of prices are we looking at? Well, I mean, it's, it's whether you're looking at new stuff or used stuff. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there, there's different prices for what a guy can afford. Brian, it's, um, it's, it's, know, always, all, it's always been my feeling that no matter what division a racer is in, they're spending just about all they can afford 
to be on the track. Um, I've always considered you um, basically uh, a budget racer. Uh, you don't have unlimited funds. If you did, you'd probably be out touring and uh, spending lots of someone else's money. But you do a lot, most of what you do out of your own pocket. Um, Pretty much everything out of my own pocket. You know, when I when I grew up, when I was just starting, I drove for Chubb Frank my first year in late model. And one of the biggest things he taught me was, um, you know, look at how much each position is worth, how much that spot pays, and you got to make sure you come home with more money than you left with. And if you do that, you know, a guy can make money in racing. But there's times that. You know, we'll park it, we'll load it up, we won't hot lap, or, you know, we won't go to a certain race because, you know, we know that we have to, you know, come back with more than we left with. How many people actually does that happen with? That's like an unattainable goal for me. I mean, the hobby racer, at least. Um, but are, are dirt late model drivers, are they out there? I mean, try is that how they make their living, or are they supporting it in other ways, kind of like you with uh, you, with your shop? Well, you know, if you look at 20 years ago, that's how all the traveling racers were. Um, what's really ruined the sport is guys, there's teams in there that are willing to spend more than you could ever make. And once you do that, the whole racing thing is going to collapse. Because, you know, there's, it, it's, if, you can, if you're willing to spend more than it pays to win, now we're, we're no different than the professional guy that goes out golfing on the weekends and, you know, the, 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 hobby guy doesn't have a chance against him when it comes down to a sponsor making your paycheck um we're in deep trouble yeah i know you know i've been doing this 32 years ron you've been doing it longer than i have don't um, by just a couple years a couple yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you can't rely on anybody else's money correct because it can come and go just like the wind blows and uh people that do rely on other people's money are the ones that are you know, all of a sudden they're in trouble because they've overspent money that they didn't have. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, spending with your, in your means, whether it's racing or any anything in life, you know, I mean, that's kind of a, a good way to, to do anything in life. So, so you, you've been racing for, as you said, many, many years. Is it as fun now as it was back, you know, when you started? Well, you know, back when I started, that's why we race. And, and, you know, I put a lot of thought into it. Everybody's trying to figure out what do we need to do to fix racing? You know, is it that we're saving money? Is it different rules or different tracks? It's we got to have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not making money at this. So if if we're putting all this money and time in and we're not having fun, why are we doing it? You know, <laughs> so if it's got to be fun. Brian, that's one of the things that I have been preaching to a couple of the sanctioning bodies around uh, th- that seem bent on taking the fun out of racing, uh, over-regulating, uh, telling, people's, t- telling racers if they don't like it, they can load it. Um, it's, it's just it's essential to our sport that the sanctioning bodies don't take the fun out of it. And I just I see that happening more and more. Well, and it's it's our responsibility as much as as, as theirs. Okay, you know if we look at the rules and the tacking, it's up to us to say, okay, I'm going to abide by these rules because it's the right thing to do. 
where if you get into like these traveling guys where everybody tries to out cheat the next and see when they're going to get caught <laughs> well you know that that's you know now now you've got the sanctioning body against the racers and it becomes a battle and you know where if if we all go to you know like Oakshade is a prime example and we're so lucky to have that place within our reach you know um, you know, we all kind of go there. We understand what the rules are. We all abide by the rules. You know, there's checks and balances, but we don't try and out-cheat each other every week. Are you sure about that? For the most part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'll tell you, there's different regions. You know, you go to, to other regions, and, you know, I've raced. I traveled the Star Series back in the 90s, and there's areas where... Nobody complains about anybody else's cheating. They just try and out-cheat the guy the next week. And it spirals into, you know, a battle between the tech guys and, you know, who's out-cheating who, and it's it's not good. But We're, we're talking to Brian Ruhlman here. He's a two-time Oakshade Raceway late model champion, uh, at least five-time Eldora track champion, multiple American late model series championships. He knows how to drive a late model. Race car builder. And he's very smart. He's got a bachelor's degree. I did some prep work here again. Oh, yeah. In uh, mechanical engineering from Penn State uh, University. So he's got some smarts. He knows what he's talking about. Brian, let's talk about cost containment. Um, what do you see as viable options uh, th- that can reel some of the costs in? Well, you know, what, I don't think I, I, that's the right answer. For, for because what, what, are the, what are the costs? That, what, what part of uh, dirt lay model racing is, is it that's uh, getting out of hand? Well, the biggest cost is engine and engine maintenance. You know, we, we used to be able to run a motor, you know, 2,000 laps and cost you $5,000 to rebuild it. Now we can run them 800 to 1,000 laps and it costs you ten to 12,000 to rebuild it. Um, a lot of that is the load that's on these things now, due to arrow, lo- you know, arrow loading. Yep. Um, we are running these things so hard that we're just wearing them out. Um, now, what UMP did with the modifieds a few years ago, they got rid of the spoilers. Since then, that's doubled our life of our motors. Wow. So it, it cut it basically cut our, our maintenance costs in half. You know, so that saved me, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollars a year. But the cars just don't look as cool without the spoilers. You know, the bombers, well, we just got spoilers a couple of years ago, and now our cars look cool, and they go a lot faster. You know, looking no, cool is not. one thing. But when you, Here's the thing. We all get smarter the longer we race. And I ought to be a freaking genius. A <laughs> um, you know, back in the 80s, they had the wedge cars, and they, they evolved to a point where we said, okay, Bob Memmer came in and said, okay, these bodies are, are ruining it. We need to reset went back to a you know little tiny body now we've back, gone back to and i think we've exceeded what the wedge cars were oh i'm yeah absolutely you know and uh you know in, like in, when i ran the star series back in the 90s up to 95 we had a 12 inch spoiler um in 95 they went down to an eight inch spoiler same thing the time we could run a motor um, and I think now at an eight inch spoiler, we probably need to look at going down to a four inch spoiler. And the, with, with the arrow stuff, it's a very simple change because once you take that spoiler down, you don't have to worry about anything else because everything else will reel in, you know, we'll pull the noses in, we'll pull the flares in to get the balance back. Um, you know, so I think it'd be a very simple change, but to try and say, okay, we need to make these things cheaper. If you look at, pick, look at a pickup truck that we use to haul these things, 
Back when I started racing, you could buy a brand new pickup truck for $5,000. Now a brand new pickup truck costs you $60,000. And that's a cheap one. So, I mean, the costs have, have evolved. But if you can afford a stock car, that's the class you ought to be in. If you can afford a sportsman, that's the class you ought to be in. If you can afford a late model, same thing. Um, and there's there's no should be no disrespect for a guy that runs a bomber or a sportsman. There's guys as good a drivers as any late models out there running those smaller classes, but that's because what they that's what they can afford. Do you think if 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 nothing is done that uh, this will ultimately be the downfall of dirt late model racing? You know, do you see the numbers dwindling as far as uh, cars and drivers in in the class? If we don't make it fun again, it'll go away. I mean, think about it. If you go to the golf course and they harass you there about the size of your clubs and, you know, they, it's not fun, you know, why are you going to do it? You know, if you go boating club, and it's not fun, it. why are you going to do it? Same thing with racing. I mean, it's a hobby for 90% of us. You know, if, even for me now, I mean, that's where I go to kind of relax, to just kind of chill out. If it's fun... I do it. If it's not fun, we've decided we don't go there anymore. Brian, for you, it's a chance to do a little bit of R and D. Um, it's it's a chance to showcase what you do, uh, so it helps your business. But at the end of the day, um, I'm sure it's no more than a break even. Well, if if you look at the entire thing, which you know, uh, you got to look at from uh, from birth to death of the of the race car. You know, if you can build the race car, you earn a certain amount of money with it, you sell it off when you're done, um, which, you know, depending on what you know, what part of the cycle you're in, you can make money or not make money. Um, you know, the whole, the, the ideal is we build a car, we make some money with it, and we sell it for, you know, a percentage of what we had in it, but hopefully we've made more with it than what we've, the difference between what it costs to build and cost to sell. Right. We talked to uh, Rusty a little bit about this, Rusty Schlenk, uh, last week. Um, do you think, it, who needs to make the, the rule changes, uh, the sanctioning bodies, the tracks, both? It needs to and be how, a combined effort. I mean, this needs to be, I mean, you hate to call it club racing, but we're almost to that point where we need to have input from everybody because it, it, we're all a part of this. Yep. We can all succeed if it goes well, and we can all fail if it doesn't. So we can't point fingers and say it's the sanctioning body's fault or the track's fault or the racer's fault. We need to all work together and make it to where it's fun and not, you know, overly expensive. And But I, I think it all still comes back to fun. You know, it's got to be fun to do. It's got to be fun to come and watch. How do we convince the sanctioning bodies that the top 20 guys in the country, the touring guys, are not the ones that should be making the rules? And you're as you're aware of it as as much as I am that uh, the sanctioning bodies write a rule and they build and bring whatever it is that they want. Uh, yeah, that's, that's especially our major, especially with bodies. Yeah, that that's our major hurdle right now. We got a guy that's running the, our the sanction that has his heart in the right place, but because the business side of it, he's getting directions from guys that want to support the prima donnas. Absolutely. Rusty uh, just uh, chimed in here on our Facebook Live. He says uh, he can still b- build a, uh, a late model for $20,000. Uh, the XR1 and other top brands are priced so high because of the uh, research and technology that goes into them. Well, you know, 
there's a lot of that too is what you're getting um you know uh, when when we we sold a car to uh, to Devin Shields and you know we we're comment they're commenting on the price of the body on it well when we went down to rocket to pick the car up they had the car up on the lift and you look underneath there and everything is powder coated everything's got aluminum flange nuts everything is you know it it looks like a show car underneath you know um so yeah they they are a premium price but you get a premium product you know, do you need that? No, but some people like to have nice stuff. Some people like you, you know, utilitarian things. You know, I mean, the car you drive on the street. You know, you could drive a twenty-year-old Ford Escort, and that'll get you where you need to go. Some guys like to drive a Corvette. You know, <laughs> it's it's all in preference of what you want. Brian, it's here's where I'm coming from. I think it's essential that we reel the bodies in. Um, make the wide bore motors so that it really doesn't matter if you've got one. You know, the wide right. bore motors are, are outrageously expensive as far as maintenance. I, they don't cost that much more to buy than than a standard motor. But, you know, maintenance costs are, are outrageous on that stuff. Um, somehow we need to get a group of people together uh, and encourage the sanctioning bodies to re- reel the rules back in um, and take the motors and and the outrageous shock packages out of the equation. Well, and if you look, if you look at what the rules were five years ago, okay, go back to the, the pick up a, a set of rules from five years ago and enforce those rules, it would fix the problem. What do we do about getting air? How do we get more air under the front of the cars uh, to get rid of some of the downforce? Um, with, with the shock packages that we've got now, you can jack a car down to where the the front of the car is at zero. Well, and here's the thing: once you put limitations on that, the smarter guys are still going to figure out a way to do it. But if you if you take that spoiler from eight inches to four inches, there's no way to make it eight inches again. It's four inches, and you know one problem they have now if you've seen the way these guys are doing their cars they're actually raising the right front of the car way up to get the deck height down to 38 inches and then when they get on the racetrack they just rock the car that much further so you almost need to control the height of the right front nose along with the height of the left rear deck right so that they can't make these banana shaped bodies let me let me ask you this, Brian. You drive uh, both a modified and a, a late model. What uh, what do you have more fun driving? And the why? modified is definitely more fun. And why um, is that? Part of it is, you know, once you've driven a late model, things are so, happen so quickly in that. Once you get in a mod and it's a second slower, it's like doing every, everything in slow motion. Huh. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot there's a lot less stress involved with those. It's a lot more just having fun racing. We played with a 602 crate motor in a sportsman car a couple of years back, and uh, what you're saying about slow motion is absolutely true. Let's let's not talk about crates. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit, guys. Um, uh, Anderson uh, Speedway in Anderson, Indiana, they were having a figure eight race there this past weekend, and... Uh, I'm not really sure exactly why the guy got so upset. There must have been something maybe that happened earlier in the race. If, but uh, If you watch the long version of the video, uh, he got spun uh, just shortly before he 
Well, well, I've seen that, but I mean, it, but he seemed that happens in racing. You, you get into people, you spin out. It looked like a racing incident. Both cars, you know, stopped. Uh, the one guy stopped on the uh, the front stretch, and the guy that got spun came flying across in front of the the field as they're coming back to the yellow. Uh, again, uh, there's a figure eight track, and uh, goes up to uh, circles around the the driver that stopped that did the spinning, and. I'm sure there were some hand signals going on there. Looked maybe some like shouting. it from where I was yeah. watching, yeah. So then he did a little burnout, spun around, so he was aimed at his car, drove up right on top of his hood. Did you, you seen this video, Brian? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think it was his intent to wind up on, on the hood. On, on the hood, but... Uh, but the driver underneath then, he got out of his car, he gets uh, up into the cockpit of the guy on top of his car, starts wailing on him. I'd be kind of pissed if somebody drove up on top of my car. Um and then a cop comes out of the stands and tases the guy, and they both get arrested. Uh, crazy stuff. Um, I mean, do you think that's too far as far as uh, entertainment for the fans, or do you do you think that's uh, what the fans want? Well, if that's what the fans want, we're in trouble. <laughs> but was it? Didn't Earl Baltus? Didn't he used to say? Uh, there was a story that I've heard many, many times that in a drivers' meeting. He said, "If you guys fight in the pits." It's a $500 penalty, and you're barred from the track. If you fight on the track, it's a $500 bonus. I, I, well, I think the, the you know, something I, to that I, I don't take those words literally, but, you know, the, the, the theme of it is we need to put a show on. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, on asphalt, you know, I don't know. It's, they, they have a harder time putting on a really good show on asphalt, I believe, just because true, of the true inherent story. nature of asphalt. <laughs> um, but, you know... You got to put a show on that people will pay money to watch. Um, I was at an asphalt track one time, and the owner came over and he, he asked me. He said, "What do I got to do to get fans in the stands?" You know, they had nobody in the stands, and I asked him. I said, "Would you pay money to sit in those stands and watch the show you're putting on?" He said, "Honestly, no." <laughs> I said, "Fix that. The people will come watch it." Um, so my, my thoughts are, if you're going to retaliate with your car, and this there was something that happened last year, too. Uh, some guy in some, was it Moonshiners TV show, he was, had a race car, and he basically assaulted the guy who was trying to get out of his car by ramming his car into it. And I think that, you know, using your car to retaliate is probably a little bit too much, you know, because that, that's a pretty dangerous situation. Fisticuffs, you know, maybe a little bit, but, you know. Emotions run high. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult to keep them in check. Um, things happen. But uh, I think what happened at Anderson Speedway was over the top. And, uh, yeah, and there didn't seem to be that big a deal. I mean, like I said, there must have been some other stuff going on or maybe previous encounters and other day races, other weekends or something. But anyway, cool. Uh, plans for 2018, Mr. Rollman. Um, we'll probably just do more of Oak Shade, and, uh, you know, we're just going to have fun with it. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to scale back. Uh, you know, we have this big two-car hauler that we're going to go travel with both cars and that. But, um, again, it comes back to the fun thing. You know, you go to a track with a modified and a late model, and you run two classes, and you bust your ass all night. At the end of the night, you're thinking, why did I do this? It's not fun. So we're going to probably take a little slower pace and just have a little more, little more fun with it. Well, and I, I would imagine, Brian, with two cars, um, it, it limits the time that you have available to talk with 
with some of the racers, and, and I find that's important. Uh, I know there's nights when the only time I have to clear my head is when I'm sitting in the car waiting to go out on the track. Um, they're always looking for advice, and I don't mind. I, I signed up for that. I never I, bug you. I'm sure it's very much the same for you. Well, you know, and I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I'd say 99, you know, all, all the people that do business with me are, are I consider them friends. And, yep. you know, I go to the racetrack to hang out with my friends. Um, the part of the problem is I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old, which is, I mean, just a youngster compared to you, Ron, but, Don't um, we you all know, are. it's just me and Veronica and, you know, she's the same age as me and, you know, that's a lot of work for two of us, you know, and usually we're selling tires at the, you know, so she's running the tire truck and doing the work on the cars and I'm, it's just a, it's a rat race and it just got to where it's like, why are we doing this? Uh, you know, I have a, a jet boat that sits in the in the garage and doesn't get wet and we go out and bust our ass on that i'm thinking why am i doing that and leaving this this boat in the garage so it's uh, just kind of you know reevaluating what what our priorities are well we wish you luck uh, in 2018 you're gonna run for the championship try and make it get a third you know it, it, I, you always hate getting locked into these point things <laughs> i would like to travel a little bit but you know oakshade is is kind of a it, it's a, a jewel in the rough um, you know, it's close to us. We sell the tires there. It, it's relaxing. It's a very well-run show, so it's hard not to go there. And if we run well, then we'll have a chance. Even though that uh, you can't run your modified, are you going to run your modified uh, at all at other tracks? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, now that I have enough cars out there, I've got enough guys out there that that run our stuff and run well that I don't have to be the guy out there going out and trying to win all the races. You know, I've got the David Melkies and the Chad Bowers and the, you know, the guys all over that really are, are making us look good. And, you know, I can do, use mine more for just doing R&D work. Very good. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight, Mr. Ruhlman. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Get back to making a dollar. All right. See ya. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Brian Ruhlman, the... Uh, Two-time Oakshade uh, Raceway champion, five-time Eldora track champion. ALMS? Multiple ALMS. I didn't write down how many. More than one. Yeah, he's 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 accomplished quite a bit. And and a really good racer. Yeah. I think he, he was uh, second in the points to Devin uh, this year at right. Oakshade, too. So he's up there. Uh, upcoming uh, races this weekend. I'm going to wrap up the show here. Uh, we have, uh, we'll talk some kart racing. Those, uh, those go-kart guys, they like it when we talk kart racing. Yeah? Palmyra Speedway at Hilltop. I, I, is that what it's called? I'm not really sure what it's called. I, I think to, it is. We'll have to have John Bailey on the show sometime. Talk about his, uh, he's got a dirt track up there that he opened up. and uh, For, for go-karts. Yeah. And, uh, it was, I went up there one night. It was actually every, kind of fun. Every, every week seems to be getting better, I guess. He's got a couple more shows. He's going to be racing uh, Saturday nights, this Saturday, and uh, wrapping things up on the 28th. Next Saturday, Gates at 4, racing at 6. He's going to have double features on the 28th. Uh, that's at the Palmyra Speedway at Hilltop, the you dirt know, track. That could be fun next weekend on, on the 28th. Um, extended forecast, I'm I'm hearing we could see. I thought I heard snow. Flurries. Oh. Snow flurries. Do carts race in snow? I don't know. I do. You're, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> All right, uh, Merritt Speedway, they're going to be in action. They're a little little far up there in Lake Lake Michigan, Lake something. Houghton Lake. Lake area. It's a, it's up there a little ways, but they have their Indian uh, Summer Special 
Supposed to uh, run this past weekend, uh, late models, modifies, B-mods, lightning sprints, pro stocks, factory stocks, four cylinders, mini wedges, and uh, Mora Outlaws, which I think were like uh, little cars. Gates yeah. open at noon, racing at three for that. That's uh, uh, Saturday, I do believe. I think Maybe that's Friday. I didn't write down the day. It's this weekend. wonder if Terry Lynn Murphy will have her car ready for that. They were regulars up that way uh, this past summer. She rolled it over and, at... Uh, uh, Montpelier. Montpelier this weekend. Went on her lid really I hard. I think I saw Tim had said that that car was done. A quick, there, there was a quick video that I saw yeah. that uh, rolled, I think, three and a half times. She got out just fine. Fairfield Motorsports Park, uh, their dirt track, uh, still supposed to having an event there on the 28th of October. Have you heard any more details on that? I still just haven't seen no, anything. No details, just okay. that it's there. Yeah. I sent him a message and didn't, didn't hear back. Um, Summit Motorsports Park, they have their Halloween Classic coming up uh, October 22nd through the 29th. Flat Rock, uh, uh, the rest of these are pretty much award banquets. You can look those up online if you're really interested. For, for, Gateway Dirt Nationals coming yes, up uh, December 14th, uh, 16th at the Dome of America Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Modified super late models. You got to go there and race. Yeah. Rusty will be there. Yeah. Guaranteed, uh, guaranteed starter. Okay. Guar- guaranteed entry. Oh, Okay. They had a lot of cars there last year. Yeah, they it's did. probably going to be even bigger this year. You got anything else? Yeah, just a quick uh, shout-out to the folks at Fremont Speedway. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. They had some That's news. right. They had uh, a release this week that uh, the farmers will not be the owners of the facility in 2018, but they will be the promoters, that the fair board is taking over control of the track again. Uh, or ownership of the track. Owner of the track, yeah. And uh, the farmers will... So I'm assuming that really won't... You won't uh, see much change from a driver or fan uh, standpoint. Yeah, from the driver's standpoint, the fan standpoint, it's going to be the same faces, the same show. Um, Looking forward to that. Yeah. So, yeah. And Millstream, I'm and, telling and, you. And fingers crossed on that. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, music... That means we're either starting or ending. I think we're ending. Checkered flag. So next week, Hammer Down Racing Report. We'll be back at uh, 7 o'clock Thursday right here on our Facebook Live. You can uh, listen to rebroadcasts again. We'll have our iHeartRadio channel, which uh, I was wrong last week. Apparently, we have to have five shows in the book. This is our fifth show, even though we're calling it show number four, because uh, our first show didn't really count. But as far as iHeartRadio is concerned, it it's is. fine. It's fine, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we'll have that channel up shortly. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Report for updates. Make sure you like us there. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we'll see you next uh, Thursday, 7 o'clock. We're out. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. 
they were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 